What's up, y'all? My name is Min. My name is Tammy. This is The, the Lightning, Lightning Rod. Rod. And we are back. All right. So I am Min Win, and you are tuning in to The Lightning Rod. And today, you've read the title. You know what you got yourself into. Yes, we are going to be talking about the live-action Little Mermaid adaptation. We're going to be talking about film, and we're going to be talking about media, and we're going to be talking about all that good stuff. Unfortunately, Tammy will not be joining me today, so this will be a solo episode. But we definitely had a conversation like just between the two of us and I'm definitely going to put a lot of Tammy's thoughts into this as well and I'm going to talk about our discussion off the mic I guess and um, bring that in to see what you guys have to think. So the controversy behind The Little Mermaid. So in case you guys like live under a rock and don't know, um, Disney is doing a live adaptation of The Little Mermaid and it's going to be rumored to be out in April of 2020. They announced the casting decision of a young actress, a 19-year-old named Hal Bailey. She is a singer, she is an actress, and she's in a group called um, Chloe X Hallie with her sister. And yeah, she's very talented for a 19-year-old. She's on a lot of different um, platforms. So basically, in this segment, I'm going to be talking about the casting decision and why I'm personally for it, and I'm going to defend my reasoning and you guys are, you know, free to disagree or free to agree. But again, these are just my thoughts, feelings, and concerns. So let's just dive right into it. So for me personally, as someone who studies narrative and someone who's really big into um, stories, my biggest opinion on this matter is that if the character's race does not play a quintessential role in the plot of the story, then it ultimately does not matter who plays them. I'm going to say that one more time. If the character's race does not play a major role, like if they change the race, the story will fall apart, then it does not matter who plays them. So let's talk about a couple examples where race is quintessential to the role and where, you know, specifically for... Um, the people who object to it, a lot of people online, the biggest two complaints I hear is that, um, you know, she doesn't look like Ariel, she doesn't look like the original version, or um, the biggest, most radical is just the most radical people is just blatant racism. And there's nothing I can logically say to, I mean, just, it's just beyond logic, it's beyond reason, you're just a racist, I can't defend that I can't I can't even argue with it it's just you're so far beyond my reach I can't get to you so for people saying that you know they want to say true to the adaptation or I think a more ridiculous thing that I can even go into is like they say that mermaids are white which I I, that's just ludicrous but we'll break down and we'll unpackage a lot of those complaints but um another big concern I hear that's like you know on the spectrum of just we're in mild racism versus like really ridiculous out there racism is, um, you know, Hollywood is brownwashing white characters and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So let's just unpackage that and go into it. So my first point is, as I said, when a character is casted, if their race is not important, then it does not matter. So 
let's take a look at a couple examples of where race does play a huge factor. And we'll specifically look at white roles, okay? So the 2003 movie Monsters Ball is like my go-to example. It's a great example and it's a lovely film that talks about specifically a romantic relationship between Halle Berry's character, Leticia, and Billy Bob Thornton's character, Hank, and their budding romance. So basically the story centers around a police officer who is extremely racist living in a rural kind of Southern area. And he sentences Leticia's husband to death on, he's on death row. And basically, um, yeah, this, his son, um, Hank's son commits suicide and he has to come to grips with like losing his son. He has to come to grips with his own toxicity as a man. He has to come to grips with a lot of things. And, you know, he falls in love with Halle Berry's character, Leticia, who that's her husband that he basically put on death row. And it's a very complex love story about racial tensions in America and has these underlying themes of systemic racism, especially in police brutality, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So in that specific case, if they were to ever do a remake of that 2003 movie, it would be extremely important that they cast a white actor, a white man to play Hank. All right. Like it would, the story would completely fall apart if they casted a Hispanic man or they casted a black man or they casted any other race of man, but white. Same thing for Halle Berry's character. It has to be a black woman because in this particular story, Race is at the forefront of the narrative. It is a major theme of the story, and it is a major um, component. It's a major motif. But basically, in that specific instance, race is really important. Um, another example is the 2015 movie, I believe. It's Loving. It focuses on the real-life story of um, a couple by the name of Loving, and it's about a white man and a black woman who is fighting the Supreme Court for their right to literally just be husband and wife. So in that particular instance, these are real-life people. These are real human beings. So this would be a case where correct racial casting is completely important. That's another example, is if you're making a film adaptation of real life people who have real, you know, lives outside of the screen, then it would be completely important for you to cast someone who is of that same race or in the same ethnicity. So for example, an, a film where they didn't do that was the film Aloha, where they casted Emma Stone, a fully white woman to play a half, Chinese lady like it doesn't even make sense like that was completely completely flawed there's other examples where in Argo for example they casted a white woman to play an Asian doctor and these are real people by the way and it's just um I mean that's just completely absurd but those are the two instances where I would have to say you have to cast correctly is if number one race plays a major role in the story or number two is that you're making a film about real life people with real lives outside of the movie theater. So another example is if you were to make a film of live adaptation of the film Coco, it would be extremely important that everyone in that cast be Hispanic. I mean, they don't have to be like, you know, Mexican, but they have to be Hispanic. They can even be Afro-Latino or Afro-Latinx. It doesn't matter, but they have to be of that same region. 
all right? Same thing with um, Mulan, same thing with, um, a couple, I'm thinking of another film where race would play a really quintessential role. Um, gosh, um, Lilo and Stitch, like it would be, the story would fall completely apart if Lilo was any other race but Hawaiian. But let's take a look at some other movies by Disney or Pixar where race does not play a quintessential role and that anyone can play these characters. Let's just say hypothetically that they made a live adaptation of The Incredibles. Okay, so let's give the log line of The Incredibles. Let me sum up the entire movie of The Incredibles. Okay, so it's a family, a mother, father, and three kids that basically have superpowers and they're living in hiding because the government has retired supers. So nowhere in that summary did their race come into play. So this family could be Asian, they could be Hispanic, they could be black, they could be literally any race. They just happen to be white in the original version. But if they were to make a film adaptation of it, they could be anybody. Violet could be any human being. Um, Dash could be any person does not matter. Um, the same could go for Up. Let me summarize the movie Up. It is about a husband and wife who have a beautiful life together. And the wife died where, you know, they had a dream to go to South America. And now her husband is going on an adventure with a kid to South America to try to achieve that dream. Nowhere in that sentence, nowhere in that entire description did their race play a quintessential role. It just so happened to be that the husband and wife were white and Russell is Asian. Um, that's it. That's really, really it. If they made an adaptation of it, literally anyone could be Russell. Russell could be played by a white kid. He could be played by a black kid. He could be played by a Hispanic kid. Carl and Ellie could be played by a black and Asian couple. Couple. It could be a Hispanic and Middle Eastern uh, couple. It could be... Uh, two black people in love. It could be two Asian people in love. It could be literally anybody because their race is not at the forefront of the narrative. It does not ultimately matter. Okay. So that's kind of like my pretty bow on that subject is that honestly, as a film goer and as a film viewer, that's the biggest question that you should ask yourself when looking at a film. If you can summarize the plot of the movie and the character's race does not come into play, then it ultimately does not matter who plays them. So let's look at some actors and let's look at some directors that feel differently. So, and let's address this issue of quote unquote brownwashing. Um, I'm just going to be very frank on this topic. Like I've been seeing this um, hashtag not my aerial hashtag, like, you know, brownwashing, like this is, I'm just going to be very frank there's no excuse for it. Brownwashing is not a thing. It has never been a thing and it probably will never be a thing. There is no such thing as brownwashing. There is no such thing as any brown actor taking roles from white actors. Um, historically, Hollywood has been very gatekeepy and very exclusive towards white actors. America in its racial demographic breakup, if you look at... Um, a cup, if you literally just look at the census, like the 2010 census, um, the country is about 60 some odd percent white, but yet if you look at media representation, white Americans make up about 80 some odd percent of 
media representation. They are overrepresented. They've been overrepresented in music. They've been overrepresented in TV and in film. They've been overrepresented since the dawn of this industry. And what's worse is that, um, yeah, there's just been, like, I mean, there's just numerous examples. Mickey Rooney in Yellowface. There's been, like, The Jazz Singer, which is a horrifically offensive film with people in blackface. I mean, Birth of a Nation was considered the nation's first blockbuster. And it featured, like, just actors in blackface just making really offensive and demeaning stereotypes behind black people, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I know a lot of my naysayers and a lot of my critics will say, well, that's history. Like, you know, it's over and done with. It's in the past, but it's not. These consequences still exist to this day. And honestly, um, yeah, just like marginalized groups of people, like, you know, they have been denied access to a lot of these roles. In the Academy Awards, if we look at them, for example, like there was a couple years ago, there was a hashtag like Oscars so white. And it was just to bring about the fact that very few women of color, very few actors of color have won Oscars. Um, and if they do win Oscars, for example, they play roles that are very um, stereotypical. Like um, I remember Monique from the 2009 film Precious, she won for being an abusive mother um the last actress black actress to win an oscar was way back in gone with the wind she played a very stereotypical um maid character in the antebellum south um etc 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 so um yeah i have nothing to say about brown washing it's not a thing because once again going back to my previous argument if a character's race does not play a quintessential role then it does not matter who plays them and then the second argument I hear is that, um, well, Ariel is Dutch. She is a Dutch mermaid, like Hans Christian Andersen's story is in Europe. And to that I say, okay, let's unpackage that. Let's look at that argument. So Dutch and French and British and German, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, those are not races. Those are ethnicities. That is a very big difference. Okay, so I am Vietnamese. I am Asian racially. Well, race is a social construct, but I identify as an Asian person. But my ethnicity is American. All right. So I am Asian American. I was born in America. So I am American. To say that like Ariel is Dutch in and she ergo she has to be white is really ridiculous. There are black people who are French. There are black people who are Dutch. There are black people who are German. There are black people who are British. Just because you're European does not mean that you are white. And to say so is completely ridiculous. So I think there's a lot of confusion there But when people say, oh, well, Ariel is Dutch. It's a Dutch story. So ergo, she has to be white. That's You're basically implying that if you're European, then you have to be white, which is a completely ludicrous claim. And I'm sure a lot of people don't mean to make that statement, but that's kind of how it comes off. So let's look at another example in another casting where they casted um, a different race to play um, a role that was originally white. So in the concert version of Les Miserables, they casted a black man to play Javert. So the character of Javert in the film Les Miserables 
or excuse me, the musical Les Miserables, and in the book by Victor Hugo, he is a man of the law. He is a police officer that is on the hunt for Jean Valjean, a criminal that he arrested 19 years ago for stealing a loaf of bread. He sees the world in a very binary way. Good is good and bad is bad. He is just very black and white in his views. He does not really see any gray zone in morality. He's just a man of the law. And spoiler alert, for those of you who haven't seen Les Miserables, he commits suicide at the end because he cannot like reconcile this gray area in his views and ultimately kills himself. Nowhere in that description did I bring in his race. It did not play a quintessential role in the story. So yes, they casted a black singer to play him because it does not matter who plays him number one because his whiteness does not impact the story his being white does not hinder the growth of the story it does not benefit the story and it does not take away from the story so really anyone can play him number two is that there are french people who are black there are French people who are Asian. There are French people who are every race under the sun because being French is an ethnicity. So it is totally fine that a black man played him, okay? So that's just kind of my two cents on that argument that I've been hearing on the internet. So this brings me to my final point of I've been hearing people say online that uh, you know, like, they're just so upset about this. And, you know, me and Tammy, we were talking about this to ourselves and we were saying to, and I brought up the question. I was like, I wonder why people are just so upset that, like, they're just all of a sudden so upset by this. Like, when in 1997, there was a film adaptation of Cinderella where Brandy, a Black singer and actress, played Cinderella. And if you want to talk about racial casting being, like, out thrown out the window that movie was way ahead of its time where you have whitney houston playing the godmother you have brandy playing cinderella but then what's really wild is that yeah you have the stepmother who is white but her two step or her two daughters um one is white and one is black and then you have an asian prince charming but his mother is black and his father is white and nobody cared in 1997. But for some reason, everyone is bitching a fit right now in 2019 about a black mermaid. So we came to a couple theories about this. And I think the biggest one that we kind of agreed on is that I think Cinderella has been adopted so many times and in so many different ways that I think it's just like people are just used to seeing these adaptations of Cinderella. So like Lizzie McGuire, like um, what's her name? Hilary Duff. She played Cinderella in a Cinderella story. Um, then there was another Cinderella story where I believe Selena Gomez played her. Um, then you have the version with Brandy and Whitney Houston in 1997. You have so many different versions of it. And also the story of Cinderella is kind of a universal one where, I mean, I grew up with the Vietnamese version of Cinderella, where there was, um, instead of a fairy godmother, there was um, a koi fish in a pond that gave um, that gave her the dress and the pretty slippers and stuff. There's actually even a Native American version that I remember reading in school, which again, reiterates my point that any race can be Cinderella, okay? But moving on from that point, um, I think, yeah, we realized that there hasn't been a really well-known 
or well-established um, adaptation of The Little Mermaid. There hasn't been another version of that story at all. So, yeah, like, it's just... Um, it's just kind of really never been done before on a large scale. I'm not saying that there's never been an adaptation of The Little Mermaid outside of the 1989 Disney movie. There have been other versions for sure. But, and, but with that being said, um, the other versions that I've seen, the lesser known versions, they also casted her as white. But also another thing that me and Tammy kind of talked about was that we noticed, I mean, I brought up the point that like Disney specifically has not really had a whole lot of... Um, different races of mermaids represented in their films. So, I mean, the only other mermaid I can think of was Gabrielle. I think that's her name. And she was like way ahead of her time too. It was in the, it was the nineties TV show version of the little mermaid where you had a mermaid who was a POC, but she was also deaf. And she also used sign language, which I thought was really, really cool for young children to see that kind of representation. But outside of that, I can't really think of any other examples. And if you guys can think of any other examples of when Disney used um, a Black Mermaid in their film or in their um, in the TV show for The Little Mermaid, please let me know because, like, I am very curious about this. But from what I remember, like, yeah, I remember watching Peter Pan. And, yeah, the mermaids from Mermaid Lagoon, they were all coded as white. Um, and I just remember, yeah, Ariel... Um, the original movie and the adaptations afterwards and the sequels afterwards, they were all majority white. So even Disney has not really had a lot of representation with their mermaids to begin with. And I don't know, I would take it a step further and say that like, I think mermaids in general, like are seen in society, like in at least in our Western society as like these beautiful kind of mythical creatures that are so alluring and seductive and this kind of really brings in like our kind of societal beauty standards is that I don't know how to say this like but white is kind of seen as the epitome of beauty like white features white um, skin fairer skin is seen as the almost kind of universal epitome of beauty like there's even backlash in China where um, a chi the Chinese audience wanted a more fair skin um, Ariel. They were really upset by that. And that's just brings into the fact of colorism in other um, people of color communities. So yes, there is a universal standard of white being the most beautiful. So to have a black woman play a creature that is supposed to be like very alluring and beautiful, it really highlights I think the subtle and subconscious bigotry of a lot of people coming out when, cause I've seen some memes that are just like, and this is me addressing not like the mild complaints, you know, I'm sure that there are people who are not like saying that, like, you know, they think subconsciously black women are hideous, but they're, I'm bringing, I'm really addressing now the really racist memes I'm seeing, like where they're just making these profoundly ugly images. I've seen some ugly, ugly things on Twitter where they're just making fun of the fact that she's black and it's just ugly. And it's just so, I mean, that's just hideous. That's just the disgusting, the things I've been seeing. I mean, but those are the more radical and more um, completely just out there people that I, I mean, I just cannot reason with these people because they're just beyond reason. I mean, it's just laughable at this point. Um, but that's, kind of the big thing that I have seen. And I think that's what's going on subconsciously with 
that crowd of people is that, yeah, it's just they have some kind of racism that they need to address. And they're just kind of, yeah, I don't know what how else to say that other than they see or they're so used to seeing like white and white mermaids. And again, this kind of attachment of mermaids being these alluring, beautiful, usually female presenting creatures. And yeah, it's like now there's like a black woman playing this alluring thing and they're just not connecting that. And because they have their own standards of beauty that they need to kind of come to terms with and kind of address accordingly. But anyways, that's just my personal theory on that. Um, Feel free to totally disagree with me or not. But that's something that I have kind of been seeing just around Twitter and just around like the internet, just Facebook. I've been seeing this in the YouTube comments, which honestly the YouTube comment section is infamously the worst place to be looking and, you know, just the best place to find trolls. But that pretty much sums up all of my points for this. In conclusion, I completely am in support of this casting choice. It does not bother me in the slightest because I think, again, the big takeaway from this episode is that you as an audience and you as a consumer of media need to ask yourself whenever you see a new live adaptation of something, whenever you see a new feature film being made, um, you need to think critically about the plot of the story. And if the character's race plays a role, if you can ask yourself that, if you can summarize the entire plot of the story and if the character's race does not come into play, then it does not matter who plays them. So keep that in mind next time that you watch a film or next time you look at an adaptation. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my two cents on that. So thank you for listening. And I hope you guys you know, enjoyed this episode. This is a little bit different than what we usually do on The Lightning Rod. Usually I talk about graphic design or illustration or animation. I talk more about like visual art, but it's nice to just kind of take a break from that and talk about film. And if you guys like this diversion, if you guys like where we're going with this, let us know. Or if you don't like it, please let us know either way. We're really open to it. But anyways, this closes up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. And hey. You guys are doing awesome out there, and I look forward to talking to you again. Love you. Bye. What's up, y'all? Tammy here. How did you guys enjoy today's episode? Was it good, bad? Let us know. Let's talk at thecreativefolks.org is where you can email us to let us know about your opinions of today's show. Um, we would really appreciate it if you had any guests. You can send them on over. We would love to interview them, talk about their creative journey, either as an art student, a creative entrepreneur, or anything else in between. See you in the next episode. Let's hustle. <laughs>